Welcome to the Fullness Church Weekly Podcast. At Fullness, we value the Bible and believe it is critical to teach it clearly, remaining true to its central focus of hearing and living the transforming news about Jesus. Our hope is this teaching will do just that. How are we doing? If you're new to Fullness this morning, welcome. We're glad you're here. Pray God has blessed you uh, during this time of worship. We're a church who believes fully in embracing the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And this morning, we're going to look at the Word of God from the book of Isaiah. So go ahead and turn there to Isaiah chapter 9. Very familiar passage. It was read to you earlier uh, in the Advent candle reading. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to take it apart. But before I do, we're also a church um, that embraces the idea that we're a family of faith, right? We're a family. So I heard Abby got engaged while I was gone. Abby, congratulations. Wedding in this century, though. Yeah, April of next year. Congratulations to... Congratulations, Abs. Also, um, last week... um, Let me get some things set up here. I'm sorry. Also last week, our own Hannah Shoup released the third book of her trilogy of books. Um, If you don't have it, it's a great Christmas gift. Mine just came in this... We don't usually do commercials here, but I'm... I am... And Hannah did not ask me to do this. I'm doing it for her. Get the book. You can get it on Amazon. Um, And so, Hannah, would you sign my copy? It just came in this week. I want to make sure I get an author signed copy. I'm thinking at some point, like in January, I'll do an interview with the author uh, as part of our sermons, and we can celebrate. It's a young adult series. It's very spirit-filled. If you have teenage grandkids, kids, I would encourage you to get it. Um, Great series of books. I've read all three of them, loved them. Uh, Also, if you're new to fullness, the last two songs we did were composed here in fullness. So if you didn't know them, you're like, I never heard that song, I love it. But you can get those at all the major platforms, um, the Spotify's, the, um, I don't know, Amazon Music's, all those, all those ones, whatever they're called. Also, how many, hey, welcome back, Hank and Cheryl Holmberg. Hank and Cheryl were a part of fullness. How long have y'all been gone? Six years. And they've been... Um, really doing nursing work at a Native American reservation out in New Mexico? Arizona, Arizona, sorry. I knew it was out that way. Welcome back. They're just moving back here, and so we welcome them back to the Fulmus family. Also, how many of you got a text message that I needed something this week? Um, Here was a text message a lot of people... Somehow I've been hacked, as everybody's been hacked at some point or another. Here was a text message some people received. Dear so-and-so, and they put your name in it, uh, I think, didn't they? They put your name. Do you have any schedule for this hour? I need you to handle a short but urgent task. Thanks, Reverend Bart Brookins. Now, let me point a couple of problems out to you about this text message. I, I know that it's not always, text messages aren't carefully crafted all the time. But for me, they are. Uh, grammar matters. I do try, not always, but I do try to proof my text messages. So, uh, do you have 
any schedule for this hour. It would not be me. Also, how many times have I ever asked you to say Reverend Bart Brookins? <laughs> no, never, never. If I'm going to do it, it's going to be Dr. Bart Brookins. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to get it like that from me. If you receive a text like this, don't go out and buy me gift cards, okay? Because they're not, they're not me. One of the things that I uh, realized, hey, also, uh, I am going to preach a message here in a minute, but I'm going to continue doing some stuff. This is my stand-up uh, bit right here. Um, I want to thank Scott and Gabriel for filling in for me over the last couple of weeks. And... <laughs> I use filling in lightly uh, in the sense of there is no drop in quality. Uh, they are just awesome. Uh, the words, if you didn't hear the last couple of weeks, I would say, please, please go listen to the sermons over the past couple of Sundays. They've been incredible. Um, I I'll talk about one issue that Kathy and I have been doing the last couple of weeks. But um, this past Sunday, a week ago, I was in Colorado for a prayer retreat with my brother, uh, out in the middle of Colorado, which is very uh, refreshing. So thank you for allowing me to do that and go on that trip and um, for, your, for your prayers. One of the things I realize as I'm sitting on top of a mountain in Colorado, and I don't know, maybe it's the altitude. It seems like God is closer to me there or something, but I realized how quickly I lose my sense of peace. And sometimes I don't even know it's gone until I stop and refocus and reframe my life. And I'm like, I realize I'm just stressed. I'm on the verge of being angry. Okay, I'm past the verge. Uh, I'm just tense and angry and upset. And it, it, most of it's internalized. I try, I think I've learned over the years not to let it come out all the time. But then I'll listen to a message that I did or some word that I gave, and I realize it's got more of an edge to it than I realized. More of a little uh, kind of thing. And I think it's because we all, including me, maybe mostly me, have a tendency as we go through life to lose that sense of peace, that sense of standing before God. It's not hard to do. In this day and age, we look around at all the political stuff going on. Have you watched any of the Republican debates um, for uh, the first loser debates, uh, as I call them right now? Um, but um, it's, it's horrible. The name, the yeah, 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 kind of thing, and I can't stand it. We try to craft our lives around this aspect where we have no tension in our life. We try to craft our lives so that we, everything will go smooth. Everything will go well. That we're not going to have any problems. We're not going to have any difficulties because we want to be, we want to be peaceful people. And can I just in all love, I, I'm going to say that's a totally worthless endeavor because you can't. You can't. Now, I'm not saying go craft your life so you'll have the most trouble possible. I'm just saying if you interact with people, if you interact with the world, if you interact with family, you're going to have problems. 
You're going to have troubles. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. But take heart. I've overcome the world. You're going to have problems. So peace is not a lack of trouble. It's not the first point, but it's a premise. It's been said, peace consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. And I believe that's true. That the only opportunity any of us has for lasting peace in our lives is the presence of God. So I want to talk about the peace of God based on Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, which was read to you during the Advent reading. And so just I hope you're there by now. Very familiar passage. I just want to talk about what does it mean to walk in peace? What does it mean to walk in peace? First point is this, walking in peace is walking in light. Walking in peace is walking in light. It says in Isaiah 9-2, the people walking in darkness have seen what? Great light. Now, here's the idea. Your general walk, the walk of every person apart from Jesus is walking in darkness. But at some point, we hope that we'll see this great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I'm not going to go into all the context of Isaiah, but there are people walking in darkness. They're going through a bad time. Nations are coming against them. The The whole nation is about to fall. And Isaiah is promising in the midst of this that a light is going to dawn. I, I, my wife makes fun of me. I'm terrible in the dark. I mean, really, I don't know if I have night blindness or what my problem is, but, I mean, if it's dark in my house, I'm like, now, it's my house. I know where everything is. But at the same time, I'm just, there's something about darkness. It says in John, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He goes on and says, The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John's John's connect to Isaiah is this. The light is dawned. When Jesus comes, we've seen the glory. We've seen the light. It is Jesus And if we want to walk in peace, then we have to walk in light. And the only light there is, is the light of Jesus. We need to know that as the people of God. We can walk in in light. Paul says that we were once darkness. And again, notice Paul even, as Paul does, Paul doesn't just say, you were once walking in darkness. He says, you were once darkness. I mean, there's a theological statement, I think, here of of not only were you in the dark, you were dark. But now you're light in the Lord. I, I don't really have time to unfold this, but this is so good. Just as Jesus is the light, came into the world, when Jesus comes into us, now we are salt and light. Not a light that's generated from us, but a light that's reflected through us to the world around us. People who walk in peace, they walk 
in the light of the Lord, and they are the light of the Lord to the world around. Isn't this good? I mean, think about it. You're not just you. I mean, you are just you, but you are also the light of the Lord. Live, then, as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So I I would just underline this Ephesians passage. Go back and unpack it later. Uh, about what does it mean to walk in light and peace, because this could be a whole sermon in itself, about find out what pleases the Lord. Walk in light. Don't walk as a people of darkness. Matter of fact, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. This is where I lose my peace sometimes is when I look at the church, I look at leaders in the church, I look at the church, and you can't tell the difference between the world and the leaders or church people because of the fruitless deeds of darkness. That we at times embrace and at times even excuse. For, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible for it is a light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said... Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. First point is this. Walking in peace is walking in light. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, to walk as a child of light. There's a story told of uh, Woodrow Wilson before he became president. And he was in a barber shop. And a man came into the barber shop, and he tells a story about, this is back when a president could go into a barbershop, though I think he was before that. But he says this, I was in a very common place. I was sitting in a barber chair when I became aware that a powerful personality had entered the room. A man had come quietly in upon the same errand as myself. I love the way they wrote back then. Rather than saying, I just came to get a haircut, he came upon the same errand as myself to have his hair cut and sat in the chair next to me. Every word the man uttered, though it was not in the least moralizing, showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. And before I got through with what was being done to me, I was aware that I had attended an evangelistic service because Dr. D.L. Moody was in that chair. I purposely lingered in the room after he had left and noted the singular effect that his visit had brought upon the barbershop. They talked in undertones. They didn't know his name, but they knew something had elevated their thoughts, and I left that place as I should have left a place of worship. When was the last time you went into the barbershop and left at a place of worship? Or me? Well, I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow, Molly. I'll try uh, to uh, leave as a place of worship. But so often, we go through life Like the only time we experience light is in church. People, you are the church. You are the people who walk in light and not in darkness, as we all should be. And if we want to walk in peace, we understand that the light has dawned. We're recipients of the light of God, and we get to walk in that light every single day. Second point is this. Walking in peace is walking in joy. I don't know, you may be saying, Pastor, this is already getting hard enough. I've got to walk in light, and now you're telling me I have to be happy about it. 
Well, not me. Let's look at the Bible. You have enlarged the nation and what? Increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. The idea here is that no matter what, they're walking in joy. Now, the nation is about to go through a really hard time, and of course he's talking about the coming of Christ. He's talking about a restoration of the nation, and at that point they'll walk in joy. But there's also a present tense idea of walking in joy. Again, we are circumstance dependent on our joy right? Many times we think, oh, if my circumstances go right, I can be joyful. And yet, what the Bible says, again, um, that blessed Apostle Paul, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it against rejoice. In every circumstance, in all situations, be thankful, be joyful. Again, I'll just speak of myself. Not everything brings me joy in and of itself. And yet God says, I can have joy in spite of my circumstances. And you may be saying, Pastor Bart, you really don't, Reverend Bart, you don't really know, you don't know really what I've gone through. You don't know where I am in my life. And you're right. But I do know this truth, that if you want to walk in true peace, then walk in the joy of the Lord. In truth, lack of joy will also correspond to a certain lack of peace in your life. If you choose not to walk in joy, you'll also choose not to walk in peace. Walking in peace is walking in joy. There's a story in the book of Acts, where Paul is in, I think, I'm pretty, I think it's Lystra. And he's preaching, and some Jews from Antioch come, they stir things up. Things are going well in Lystra, but these Jews from Antioch come, they get, some things happen, they, they uh, drag Paul outside the city, they stone him, they leave him for dead. He basically brushes himself off. I'm exaggerating the story a little bit, he, but he eventually gets back to Lystra, he goes back into the same city where he's just been stoned, and he says this. We must go through one more thing. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, he's just been almost killed and drug out of the city, and yet he's coming back in and said, we got to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And yet, this is the same guy who says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I know you've gone through some difficult situations, difficult circumstances. I don't think any of us have been almost killed for sharing the gospel, drug outside Vestavia, left, uh, you know, at the gates of Homewood, and um, <laughs> left for dead. As much as we've gone through, and yet this is the same guy who can say to the church in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. One of the things Kathy and I have been doing over the past couple of weeks is my son, Jared, my oldest son, who's another son of this church, raised in this church, is now the assistant soccer coach at Oregon State uh, University, as you know. Um, and over the past couple of weeks, they made a miraculous run through the NCAA tournament. They're, they were an unseated team. They made it to the Final Four where they played this last Friday night. If you want all the gory details on our 1-0 lost, me or Kathy can give it to you. 
Um, it, was a, it was an incredible journey for this unseated team to go all the way through. And um, it has been fun. That's a picture of Jared uh, and his coaching duties, which I thought was pretty spectacular, honestly, um, on the field. He, um, he ended up actually having to head coach this game this last Friday through a series of circumstances. Again, it's complicated for me to explain, but the head coach was suspended, so Jared had to be acting head coach. His first game, he's in the semifinal of the national championship game. And um, I thought he did a great job. I was so proud. Uh, but at the same time, I realized being around the team, there is great joy in winning. Is there not? I mean, you should have seen these kids when they came back into the hotel after winning a game. I mean, it was party central in the lobby. I mean, they're singing, they're dancing, they're, they're uncaring who's looking. They're just celebrating. The spirit Friday night after they lost one to nothing coming back into the lobby was not quite the same. And we're the same way. We, at times, when we win, we're joyful, and when we think we've lost, we've also lost our joy. Now, I'm not saying go around looking to lose, but I'm saying life is going to be filled with ups and downs. But your response of receiving and saying, thank you, God, for everything you give my way will either help you walk in peace or it'll help you lose your peace walk in a lack of it, so to speak. Third point, walking in peace is walking in freedom. Walking in peace is walking in freedom. Here's what Isaiah says, for in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Now, here's the analogy. Here's the story. You probably know it well. Here's the story Isaiah is referencing when he said, in the day of Midian's defeat. Midian is seen as the tyrant, the oppressor, just as sin and darkness and death is seen as the oppressor tyrant in our lives. When Jesus comes, he's going to break the yoke. He's going to break the bar. It's just like in the day of Midian's defeat. If you remember the story in Judges of Gideon defeating the Midianites, the, uh, and Midian again was just oppressing the nation, and God literally snatches this guy out of nowhere, this Gideon guy to become one of the greatest generals in the history of the nation of Israel. With 300 men surrounding an army that's been estimated of 125 to 135,000 Midianites, with some jars and trumpets and shouting, they defeat the Midianites. They, they surround them, and again, you know the story. They break the jars, they blow the trumpets for the Lord and for Gideon. The Midianites are so scared and defeated, and God has sent some things. It's one of the funniest stories ever to me, really. This, if you remember, this roll of barley comes rolling into the camp. And they're listening to it and they say, oh, this must mean Gideon is going to defeat us or something, you know, from the role. It's crazy. They've already been prepped and they're defeated and the bar is broken. And just in that day, when 
nobody, uh, uh, 300 men defeated this incredible army. God has also broken through with freedom in your life. He has broken the tyrant's neck of sin in you. There's a story of a little boy named Robbie who went to children's church for the first time. And he came home and his parents said, hey, what was the story you learned today? And he said, well, we learned about this Israelite general. Oh, great. Tell me, tell me the story. Well, this big army was coming against him. And all of a sudden, he released his, his, his laser flamethrowers on the army. And then uh, after he got them all messed up, then he brought in his tanks and airplanes and he wiped them out. And the parents are like, really? This is in the Bible? What was that general's name? And he said, oh, Gideon. That's the way the teacher told the story? The little boy goes, no, not exactly. But the way she told it, you would not believe it. <laughs> That's how incredible this story is. We want to make it up because this can't be true. Not like this. You have the ability to walk in freedom because of what God has done in your life. He has broken the tyrant. Last week, Gabriel, in a sermon, quoted and misquoted the sermon uh, from, uh, that I think Gina told him that she heard. Although, I like Gina's. Um, Gina graduated this past week, didn't she? Where's Gina? She's with the kids. Okay. Hey, congratulate Gina later. Everybody go say congratulations, Gina, on graduation. She'll think she's really special. Um, anyway, uh, she heard a sermon uh, from Father Mike Schmitz who said, he actually said Christmas is an act of war. Uh, Gabriel and Gina added, the presence of that baby in the image is nothing less than a declaration of war. I, I just thought this was so powerful. This really hit me last week when Gabriel said it to think... The, when we see the little manger and the baby Jesus, we think of all the peace. And, uh, it's just, I love the baby Jesus. <laughs> Do you ever see Talladega Nights? I love praying to baby Jesus. That's the only Jesus I want to pray to is baby Jesus. Because there's this peace about it. But instead, actually, the coming of Jesus is an act of war. He's going to break the tyrant's neck. Because he wants to bring freedom in your life and in mine. The question is, will we walk in freedom? Too often, we forget that Jesus has broken the, the back of sin in our lives, and then we pick it back up. Jesus frees us, and then we re-yoke ourselves to things. And I want to encourage you not to do that, but instead walk in the freedom that God has provided for you. Fourth point. And I got a lot of points, so don't get too excited like, oh, he's almost done. I got a ton more. Um, <laughs> walking in peace is walking in faith. Walking in faith, this very familiar passage. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The way to receive this son, this child, the one on whom the governments will be placed, this one called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the only way you can receive him is by faith. There is no other door through which you can enter to receive him. You know, my prayer here today is this. Many of you may have heard about this Jesus, the story, the Christmas story, how he became a man and had some great teachings, did some pretty incredible, they say, miracles. Some bad men killed him. His followers said he rose again from the dead. I, I, I like that. I can, believe, I can believe those stories. That is not the same thing as walking in faith and receiving him as all of these things. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. He, he was not just another man who some bad men killed. He was the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you want to walk in peace every moment of every day, then you in faith receive him as the one who forgives your sins and leads your life. We want to be here to be available for you to do that at any moment. If you, at some point you realize, you know what? I believe these stories about him, but now I believe in him. We want to help pray through that with you and would love to have the opportunity even at the end of the service i'm going to pray for for all who need peace and that is the starting point of the reception of peace but it's not the ending point because every moment of every day is a walk of faith in your life some some here you've got challenges you've got difficulties and issues in your life Maybe it's something you've done to yourself. Maybe it's something someone else has done to you. Maybe it's, maybe it's um, sickness or bondage or decisions or mental health or spiritual health or physical health. And I want to say to you that you can walk in peace because you walk in faith. Receive in faith the plan and purpose that God has for you. A couple of weeks ago, I went to a funeral uh, of a family friend, um, uh, Reverend Bob Barnes. Bob was in his 90s. When we moved here to Birmingham in the early 90s, um, Bob and his wife Judy, who were family friends of my parents, were, were living here. He was actually on staff at First Baptist Church Birmingham at some point during that, and his wife Judy taught piano down at Samford. And so Jared would go down to Samford and take piano lessons with Miss Judy. So the same Jared that you saw the picture of, who was the, is the soccer coach, was also the biggest liar as a child uh, that you could ever know. Um, I hope you're watching Jared. I hope he's uh, tuning in. He, he, I, I, I'm using liar in a, in, a, in a bad sense of the word. He, he liked to make up stories. Uh, he was just a storyteller, and so he would go down to, he'd write, he'd, we'd take him to piano uh, at Miss Judy's, and uh, she, he'd be playing piano, and we'd come in, and Miss Judy would say, oh, we're, I'm so sorry your cat had died, and um, Kathy would be like, our cat died? <laughs> now, if you know Kathy, she would rather die than have a cat, uh, so... Uh, there was no cat at any point in our family life. And, you could, and Kathy would just look at Jared on the piano and he'd be like, 
don't tell her the truth. You know, he just made up this story about why he couldn't practice piano that week because his cat had died or something along those lines. It was week after week of these, these great stories, great imagination. Um, anyway, um, Bob passed away. Now, the reason we even know Bob and Judy is because in the early 60s, Bob was pastor of San Jose Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, my parents were also members of San Jose Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida in the early 60s. I would have been three, four, five years old. My dad and his brother had started a nursery business. Um, and they were raising plants. They were, and it was starting, starting to really take off. And he, my Uncle Harold and my dad, co-owned this nursery business together. And in 1963, my dad felt called into the ministry to go uh, to seminary, to be a pastor or to be a missionary, to follow God's direction for his life. And so my dad had to leave this flourishing business with three small children and in faith go to seminary so that he could follow God's plan for his life. My life is forever changed because my dad said yes to that call on his life. Your lives, in some ways, are forever changed because my dad said yes to that call upon his life. The person who signed my dad's certificate of license and ordination certificate in the bottom right-hand corner is Reverend Bob Barnes. Every moment of every day, you're going to be called to walk in faith in some decision of your life. Will you say yes to God and step out in faith? And you may say, wow, that, it may, that was a, sure, that was a big decision. Yeah, I understand. You don't always face these major mountains that you have to say yes to, but I'm telling you this. Every moment of every day, your walk is a walk of faith. Every small decision you make is an act of faith. And if you want to walk in the peace of the Lord then you have to say yes to this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. The only way the Prince of Peace will rule in your life is if you'll say yes to him as an act of faith. This is not just a mental decision either. The final point, and this is the final point, is that walking in peace is walking with the King. This mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, it's a relationship. I say this all the time and have since day one. Christianity is not merely a religion. It is a relationship. It's a relationship with God through Jesus by the power of the Spirit who indwells us. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness, from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. But you may be looking at this passage and thinking, well, where's the relationship, walking with him? It, it, to me, it's woven throughout the passage that it's not just a king who is distant and, and ancient. It's not a distant who, a king who rules from afar. It's a king who's right up in our business. He's right there with us wanting us to walk with him every moment of every day. And the question is, 
Will we walk with him? You know that old hymn, he walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me I am his own? The joy we have when we tarry there, no other has ever known. Why? Because we are walking with the king. And the question is, if you want the peace of God, are you willing to walk with him? Or when he turns right, do you want to turn left? Jonathan Edwards once said, he is a king of the most unparalleled clemency and grace. I think that sometimes we're afraid to walk with the king because the king will turn to us and say, you're a mess. I can't walk with you. Go get yourself cleaned up. And then you can come walk with me. You smell. You're dirty. You've got problems. You're screwed up. You can't walk with me. No, we serve a king of unparalleled clemency and grace. And some of you may be thinking, well, that's just when you come in. To get in, he's got to forgive you of the stuff. I saw that in the Bible. He's got grace is just for before. No, grace is for every moment of every day. Because if you haven't screwed up yet today, you will soon. And if every time you screw up, excuse me for using the term screw up, but it's biblical somewhere. Uh, but every time you mess up, when you mess up, if he pushed us aside every time, we'd never walk with him. But instead, because we're in this relationship, this loving relationship with him, we can walk with him. As a result, we can have peace. Ray Ortland says, if we will live by faith in him now, accepting his weakness as our strength and his folly as our wisdom, we will be there to enjoy his triumph, forever ascending, forever enlarging, forever accelerating, forever intensifying. There will never come one moment when we will say, this is the limit. We can't think of anything new. We've seen it all. No, the finite will experience ever more wonderfully the infinite, and every new moment will be better than the last. This is the kind of peace I want, people. This is what I want for my life. This is what I want for my children and my children's children's lives. And, and for our church is that we walk in this kind of peace. Not the kind of peace that we... The world gives to us like a lack of problems or lack of difficulties, the lack of bad things happening, but a peace where we walk in light, we walk in joy, we walk in freedom, we walk in faith, and we walk every moment in a loving, exciting relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, this Prince of Peace. Lord, we pray this morning that every step will be guided by you. God, I confess this morning that I am a person of angst.
I'm a person who too many times is self-reliant, who too many times is controlling. And that, God, these things lead me to the dead end of the lack of peace. Instead, Lord, I pray that I will, I will walk, as Isaiah says, the highway of holiness that's elevated through the desert, that walks with you every moment of every day. And as a result, Lord, I can walk in peace. The peace that only you provide. God, I pray right now for those who are experiencing a lack of peace. People, here's what I'd like for you to do. If you would say, Pastor Bart, would you pray for me? Um, Through any number of reasons, I, I need the peace of God that passes all understanding to guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. If you just are experiencing a lack of peace in your life and you'd like for me to pray for you, just stand up. Just right where you are. As an act of faith, Maybe it's because of relationships, maybe because of health issues, maybe because of some burden in your life uh, that you would like to get free from. Whatever the case may be, just as an act of faith, just stand and say, God, that's me. I want you to do your work in my life. Just hold out your hands before the Lord. Just, again, it's nothing magical. It's just you saying, God, touch me. Lord, you see us standing right now. You see us asking, acknowledging that we need peace. That for some reason, whatever the case may be, circumstances have overwhelmed us or something's come against us and it's taking up way too much of our thought and spirit and mental health and It's affecting us physically. And Lord, we want to walk in this light and joy. We want to walk in freedom. God, increase our faith. I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to walk in relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. So Lord, I pray for those who need physical healing right now. I pray that God, you would touch them and heal them. Make them well. Lord, I pray for those who um, need freedom from some burden a way of thinking, a habit, something that's controlling them. God, I pray that that will be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And as a result, we will walk in freedom. Lord, I pray for those who who have a decision to make and thinking about the future is causing them to have a lack of peace. God, I pray that right now you would, you would, you would, your promise that if any of us lacks wisdom, we can come to you and ask and you'll answer will provide the peace that is needed in our lives. Lord, you are our shepherd. We are not alone. You guide us. You lead us. Paths of righteousness for your namesake. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear. May our faith factor rise above our fear factor so that we can walk in the peace of the Lord. God, we, we say yes to you. And as a result of your glorious peace that can prevail in our lives. Everyone stand with me, please. Before we leave, let's just worship him.
and thank him for being the Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, this Prince of Peace. He is our shepherd. He is our guide. He's the one who directs our steps. He's the one who promises to be with us. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching blessed you. If you ever find yourself in the Birmingham, Alabama area, come check us out. For more information, please visit fullness.life.